Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Peace, peace. You know what it is. Shamir S-K-Y-Z-O-O Skazu live out the borough. And this is the NBA Exchange with my man Dexter Henry. You know how you doing it, man. Log on, tap in. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. It's your guy, Dexter Henry, host of the NBA Exchange, with you. Another beautiful week in the new year of 2022 to talk some NBA. We got a lot to talk about today because we're right at the midway point of the season. So we're going to talk about everything that's been going on in the NBA, looking a little bit ahead. We're going to look a little bit back. One of the major topics that happened yesterday, this weekend, that stole the attention of everyone watching the NBA was the return Clay Thompson to the Golden State Warriors, who look even more dangerous than they did before. We have so much to talk about with that. So to talk about that, I had to bring in somebody who was my very first guest when we did the show. My good brother, good friend. He is a senior writer and editor for BasketballNews.com. My man, Moke Hamilton. Moke, what's up, man? Good to have you back on NBA Exchange. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dex. Hey, uh, how many people you have back on twice? How special should I feel about being Yo, back on the show? How many time? people have I had back on twice? Let me think about that. I've had outside of my recurring guest, which is Gerard Hector, who's on with me every week. You are the second or third person I've had on two All right. times. All right, yeah. so that, that's, well, that's 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 semi exclusive company, then. But here's the thing: you have you are exclusive company because you are the first ever guest on the show. When I was doing the show. True. I reached out to you. I said, Moke, I'm doing the show. You know I love your work. We've known each other a long time. We are Caribbean brothers. And uh, you said, yo, Dex, I got you. I'm coming on. So, you know, I'm forever grateful. And, you know, now's a good time. When I want to go around the league, I got to talk to my man, Moke. Got to. I, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate got you, man. that. Yeah. A lot, lot of stuff going on. Very interesting season. So, yes. you know, I know I know we got we could we could spend two hours talking about this season, but I know you got your topics you want to touch on. So well, yeah, and I got any anything you you want to talk about too, because I've been watching your writing. You had a, a really good article on Julius Randle recently. And I, I it's funny, I didn't even tell you I was gonna talk about that, but I did want to touch on that with you. We'll get to that. But last night, Mo, you heard me talk at the top. Clay Thompson comes yeah. back to the Golden State Warriors, he dropped 17 in a win. You know, he he looked, you know, first he looked a little bit shaky. Then he started looking like the clay of old. Um, what did you think, one, about his performance? And two, how much of a boost is this for the Golden State Warriors who've already looked really damn good? Uh, it, it's it's an incredible boost. You know, I think that not not to, to jump too far ahead, but it, it's, it's hard to not think that the Warriors are going to walk away from the whole thing with the Larry O'Brien trophy. Obviously, this season is unlike any other that we've seen in terms of the injuries, in terms of the, the G League call-ups, you know, the guys coming in on 10 days asking to play very, very important rotation minutes. But if all things are equal and everybody is relatively healthy with Klay Thompson, it's, it's kind of just like the rich getting richer. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like 
Kyrie coming back to the Nets, but on steroids because the Warriors are going to have Clay for every game. You know right. what I mean? So, right. so you you you, you got to like the Warriors in terms of how he looked in the first game back. It's just absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. It usually takes guys at least you know at least 10, 15 games to kind of come back and get that pop back. I think really with Clay and with the the medical staff in San Francisco, they were really really patient with him. Um, he's been working out on on the floor before games for for several weeks now. He had the the rehab stint down with the Santa Cruz Warriors in the G League, so he he was primed and seasoned. You know what I mean. So by the time he touched the floor, he he was ready to go, and he he looked like himself. It was pretty yeah, incredible. He, yeah, we saw that throwdown dunk he had. He looked comfortable. Didn't look like he was worried too much about the injury. And then he seemed like he later in the game he felt felt very comfortable. The shots coming back. Yeah, like you said, this is a this is a major piece for this team that's rolling, and it can look like the Warriors of old that we saw during those championship years. All right, he he, what, he, he, he joked about it a lot. He, he got a, eighteen shots in twenty minutes. He's like, well, some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun. some things never change. Hey, look, they need him to shoot. He likes to shoot. He's gonna shoot. Shooters yes, are yes. going to shoot for sure. All right, and we're gonna take a look around around the NBA here. When you look at this, you talked about this. A lot has happened, Mo. What have been What's been the most surprising teams this year? You know, every year there's some teams, hey, we didn't think they were going to be that good. They're a lot better than we thought. Who's really surprised you? What's been the most surprising teams in the NBA this season? Well, I mean, again, Dexter, the the way that I feel about it and the way that I approach that question, to be honest with you, I think there's so many. You know, it's really difficult to pick one. But I will say that I think uh, a big factor in the whole thing is the fact that guys are going out with COVID left and right. You know what I mean? Protocols, guys missing 10 games. What, what, what One interesting side note I do think, I was actually talking to, to, to James Posey, who is uh, one of our staff members over at basketballnews.com, uh, former Boston Celtic. Most people know Posey with the Celtics. But one of the things that we were talking about in a piece that, that he authored recently is how this season is kind of shedding a light on which teams actually have good developmental programs with their G League affiliates. Because some teams, you see teams going out there and signing guys like Joe Johnson, bringing back a guy like Lance Stevenson. I mean, Lance is a different case. But when you go out of the league and you bring a guy in on a 10-day, you're not really going to spend too much coaching effort and resources trying to incorporate him into what the team is doing, right? You're really just bringing that guy in to, to play off a muscle memory and see what he can contribute to the squad. So, I mean, that, that's a really, really long preface to say that there's a lot of surprises this season. But I think if I'm going to go with one, I'd probably go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they're the biggest mm. surprise just because they are so far ahead of the curve. I don't think anybody really even expect them to be a playoff team. And, right. and as, we, as, we, as we record, you know, here – well, we're not recording. We live, right? I forgot. Yeah, we live, live, live and direct, we, man. <laughs> we live. We live here on, on uh, the morning of January 10th. The Cavaliers wake up, and they're the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. I don't really think anybody saw that. So as far as positive surprises are concerned, they're up there. I'd have the Memphis Grizzlies probably neck and neck with them. The Grizzlies wake up this morning. Now the fourth seed in the Western Conference. People didn't really see that kind of thing coming. And if you want to go on, on, on the negative end of the spectrum, you know, I think the Atlanta Hawks, a lot of people after their impressive run during last season's playoffs, people were kind of expecting a little more from Atlanta. Atlanta has been struggling to say the least this season. Again, they've had injuries, but 
that obstacle is not really unique to that team. Good teams find ways to win despite the obstacles that are thrown at them. So Atlanta, I'm looking at the Hawks. It's one of the biggest disappointments. I'm also, I'm sorry, Dex. I got I to gotta do uh, it, here man. Here we go. Here I'm, we go. But you got to say the truth. It's the truth. Come looking on. At your new, I'm looking at your New York Knicks, brother. <laughs> I'm looking at the Knicks, man. Because, they they, you know, they the have been disappointed. Acquisition of Kemba Walker, you know, Evan Fournier, a lot of people kind of thought maybe not necessarily go to the next level, but I think people thought they would be at least somewhat commensurate to what they did last season as far as their success. And that really hasn't been the case so far. It hasn't been. The, the pushback on that, Mo, will be from people is that, you know, hey, they're at the same pace, basically, that they were last year. They're just right below 500. Then they mm-hmm. took, a, took a big tear off. We know last yeah. year was a 72-game season. Yeah. And I, I'll ask you some more to that. I'm gonna, there's another team I want to ask you about. We're, we're going to get into some deeper. Would you put the Lakers on the list of disappointing teams? Or was that a roster you looked at and said, yeah, I don't think they're that good? I thought that they would have been better than what they currently are. But I did think that there would be some growth. Okay, so first let me just answer your question yes. up front. Would I put them on the list? Yes, I would put them on the list, but they wouldn't be top four. And okay. the, the reason why for me is because I think there was a fair amount of skepticism with a lot of people as it related to the, to, to, I was going to say the Warriors, as it related to the Lakers, because a lot of people didn't really think that the, the Russell Westbrook acquisition was something that was going to help the team. And they ended up being correct. I actually thought that it would have worked out better than it has. But with Westbrook, with, you know, Dwight Howard coming back, with Carmelo Anthony being added to the team, I mean, this is basically a whole new team. You know what I mean? So we should have known and should have uh, – it should have been reasonable to believe that the Lakers would have to endure some growing pains. Now, did you think they would be the seventh seed? Probably not, but maybe some people did. You know, the Western Conference, mm. as we know, is, is really, really stacked. But uh, again, I mean, yeah, I put them on that list, but they're not really cracking my top four because I think reasonable minds could have drawn the conclusion that they would have struggled a little bit this season. Okay, I think that's fair. And we're, we're going to touch on them a, l- a little bit later and dive into what is wrong out there in La La Land. In the East, let's start with the East here first. We looked, at, looked around the league, most surprising, most disappointing. Who's the best team in the East right now? A lot of people said, hey, it's going it's to be Brooklyn. Uh, we'll get to Chicago a little bit and how they've looked. But who do you think is the best team right now in the Eastern Conference? Well, I mean, when you ask me who's the best team, I mean, you know, I, I kind of look at the standings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you are as you good as your record is, right? Yeah, that's what you go Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Chicago, you know, Chicago is sit, sitting on top right now. And I think that DeMar DeRozan has had such an incredible season. Shout out to DeMar DeRozan, man. I got DeMar DeRozan on two of my fantasy teams, all right? And he's, he's been balling for me. He's, I got been, he's, he's been balling for you. He's been balling for me. I got John Morant and Bam Adebayo on one of my teams, and both of them guys have been out for weeks, man. I need them guys to come back, man, you know, trying to win this <laughs> virtual trophy, Dexter. I, I hear you. I, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm fighting in my leagues right now. I hear you. Yeah, you do, With these health and safety protocols, it's killing you in fantasy sports. It, killing you. it is, man. It is. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think a better question is, you know, do I like Chicago to win the conference, right? Because if okay. you ask me who's the, be- who's the best team, then I'm looking at the standings. I'm saying, well, look, Chicago's 26 and 11. I can't really argue with that. But at the same time, I think I, I, I think I would probably say the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. 
And the reason why I got to go with the Bucks. so first of all, they're the fourth seed in the conference right now, but only two and a half games behind Chicago for that top seed. Again, right. they're fourth. They're behind Miami and Brooklyn. But Milwaukee has had their fair share of injury issues this season as well, and they found ways to win despite them. Aside from that, Grayson Allen has given them really, really good minutes. He's someone that who has uh, in, impacted their, their rotation and, and just the grit and the grind culture that they've developed on that team. He's fit right in, and he's going to be another nice piece for them. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, you know, he missed a whole bunch of time, just recently came back. But now he's another guy that was so important to their rotation last season. He was instrumental in, in them overachieving before he got hurt. But now you put him back in that rotation and it just makes them stronger. Chris Middleton has missed some time. And, and I think the biggest thing really has been the emergence of Bobby Portis. You know, this is a guy who former Nick, you know, we, we can't get away from the Knicks, Dexter. We're going to keep coming back here, here, to the here Knicks. Here we go. Way. Here we go. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, man, I got to call it out. You know, Bobby Portis for them has just been an absolute. He was always beloved, always a, a good contributor off the bench, always someone that was going to come in and mix it up and give you some good minutes. But as a starter, he has just absolutely thrived for that team. And if they all get healthy and if they're all able to be on the floor at the same time, Bucks are dangerous, man. I, I'm not sure that I would pick. Quick, quick, quick little fact. Last season during their run, I picked against them in every series except Atlanta. Except Atlanta. That was the one series I thought they were, I picked against them in. In the three series, I'm not picking against them this season if they're all. <laughs> you, learned, you learned your lesson. You're like, I learned not, my lesson, I'm man. I'm not going to do that. I, I agree with you on the Bucks, and I think the Bucks somewhat, even heading into this year, I think they've been a little disrespected, right? They've kind of been an afterthought. Everybody's wanted to put Brooklyn there. But you talked about a qu- Chicago. And you mentioned the question I think you have to ask with Chicago, even though they're at the top of the standings, which is, are they championship contenders? Do you think that they are legit championship contenders that they can make it out of the East? Do you see that for them? Or is your faith, as you said, more into Milwaukee, maybe Brooklyn? But do you do you look at Chicago in that view or realm right now that they are championship contenders? I will definitely give them the respect of calling them a championship contender, right? Champ- are they a championship contender? To me, I was actually talking talking to my wife about this the other night. Uh, she's become such a huge basketball fan. Um, nice. I don't want to take take credit for it, but I'm so impressed by her knowledge and what she's absorbed about the sport and what she knows, and the fact that we can actually have educated conversations and debates about stuff. You know what I mean? Like it, it's fantastic. But anyway. So uh, we were talking about it the other day, and basically what what we were saying is that, you know, teams like Chicago, teams like Milwaukee, when it comes down to a seven-game series, a lot of the time it's really just going to come down to who can get stops, you know what I mean, and who you can go to when the game is on the line to actually deliver you a basket, right? So I think when I'm looking at those two teams, it really just comes down to who do I trust more with the ball in their hands with a, in a one-point game or in a tie game with 30 seconds to go. Do I trust Giannis more to get me a bucket, or do I trust DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine more to get me a bucket? After what I've seen and after learning my lesson from Gian- I'm going to trust Giannis, all right, because Giannis was able to do it against Brooklyn last season. So when I look at those two teams, I, I kind of do that little bit of analysis when I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to pick. But in terms of them being a contender, Chicago is going to be there. You can't look at what has happened during the first half of the season 
and look at them being the top seed in the Eastern Conference right now and say, oh, like, oh, they're not a contender. They don't have a chance to win. No, they're going to be there. There are four teams, maybe even five in the Eastern Conference that have a legit chance at walking away with that conference crown. If you ask me to rank them, that might be a little difficult, but I can tell you that there are five teams that I think most of us believe in. Toronto might even be a sixth team that you might want to mention in there, but there are five that are at the top of the class, and, and Chicago is definitely one of them. They're leading the pack right now. All right, respect for Chicago. The Bulls fans that watch the show, listen to this podcast, they will be happy to hear that. Let's go out west real quick. All right, we talked about the Lakers. What the hell is wrong with the Los Angeles Lakers? Is it just the acquisition of Westbrook? Is it that this is basically a whole new team? They had 13 new players coming from last year. What's wrong with the Lakers, and do you think they can turn this around? Listen, man, if I would have known that I could say hell, man, I would have been given way more colorful language, man. you got to oh. let me know next time. Oh, man. listen, 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 man. I don't want to say this is not a family show. I don't want to say this. <laughs> but you can say whatever you want. Uh, our man, Brian Fonseca, has used very colorful language on this show. Has so, he? Yes, he, yes, he has. Brian listen, Fonseca has used very colorful language on the show. I'm going to have to call his mama and talk about that, man. I don't know. I don't know about all that, man. You know, look, I hope look. Hope you're not dropping no four-letter bombs over here. Dexter. He's 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 dropped some four-letter bombs, man. He's dropped some. Yeah, why are you shocked? Why are you shocked at this? This is Brian. Have you seen Brian Fonseca on the A Hard to Tell podcast? Man, listen, Brian and I've been men's for years now. I even did some work over at MSG Network with Brian. That's right. Just, That's right. I'm surprised, man. I'm surprised. Why are you surprised at this? This is this man's energy. This 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 is the whole. That is the vibe. That is Brian Fonseca. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> that's while, his whole while, energy. That's his whole energy. While we're saying that, happy birthday to Brian Fonseca. It is his birthday today. Oh, so no happy kidding. birthday to him. Yes, it's his birthday today. I'll yes. make sure, make sure I, I hit him up and tell him. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, Dex. I forgot the question, man. Yeah, you forgot the question, but you 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 took it off a bit because you didn't know that you could say the word hell. Yes, right. you can say hell on the NBA exchange. But what I asked oh, you was the what the hell is wrong with the Lakers? And do you think that they can turn this around in any way this season? Okay, so first of all, yes, yes, they can turn it around. It's it's one of the one of the great things about the NBA, unlike the NFL, um, baseball. A little, but the thing about the NBA is that there's a game every night. You know what I mean? And we've seen so many times over the course. The Knicks did it last season. I told you, you're not getting away from your Knicks, Dexter. Stop just trying to get back. away from them. Just bringing it back for me. <laughs> I told you, you're not getting away from that. But w- one of the things that we've seen throughout history in the NBA is Teams go on win, win, winning streaks. You know, a team a team can go fifteen and three in a month. I mean, the Suns didn't lose a game in November, right? If I if I recall that correctly. So yeah, I mean, if you look, oh, the Knicks, right? Bringing it back to them. Last season, you know, they were hovering around five hundred before they went on a tear. I want to say in in early to mid April or something like that, and they ended up, you know, capturing the top seed out there in the Eastern, one of the top seeds in the Eastern Conference. So it's never too late. Um, I think the biggest thing for the Lakers is that Frank Vogel has to kind of figure out what kind of team he wants the Lakers to be. And that was one of the things with the the trades that they made last season, or I should say the moves that they made last season, where they <clears throat> brought in some guys, you know, they traded away, you know, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, you know, they traded Kyle Kuzma, they traded Montrez Harrell, they traded those guys for Russell Westbrook, and then Alex Caruso they let go to Chicago. That was four of their top rotation pieces. And by moving those four guys out, or in the case of Caruso, letting them go, 
it completely changed the identity of their team. They were a defensive team. They were a team that was going to grind you. They were a team that was going to feed the post and let AD go to work and let he and LeBron play off of each other. And stylistically, that's so much different than what they had to become now that they had Russell Westbrook there with the ball in his hand. And now that Carmelo Anthony is effectively one of, I was going to say the sixth man, but he's one of the top guys off the bench, right? So now you're kind of playing more into being a, a, a pick and roll centric team, at least while Westbrook is out there with the ball in his hand. It's a little bit of a departure. Even though LeBron played a lot of pick and roll with Anthony Davis and with the other guys, they really, really force fed Anthony Davis. And he was responsible for a lot of the actions that, that they commenced on the offensive end. They kind of got away from that a little bit. Now, obviously, Davis has been out for a while. So now Frank Vogel is having to experiment a little bit, right? Malik Monk, guy who was buried on the bench that I thought was a, a great acquisition for them in the summer. Now you see him starting and you see him playing starters minutes. That has somewhat paid off for them. You see LeBron playing the five which is not something that we've really seen, at least not very much since he, well, at least since Anthony Davis has become a Laker. So not unique to the Lakers. They've had a lot of movement in their rotation, but aside from that, Frank Vogel has just had to kind of experiment a little bit and, and try to figure some things out. And I think what he's realized more recently is, one, Russell Westbrook needs to play under control a little more. You can't really just give Westbrook the ball and a blank slate and say, hey, go make a play. You, you, you need to be more of a taskmaster with him at this point of his career. So that's one thing. Second thing, Avery Bradley needs to be in the rotation because you need his defense on the perimeter. And you also need his three-point shooting. Very respectable shooter, at least when he's, when he's left out there. Malik Monk giving them a scoring punch and, and some slashing ability that they desperately need, uh, need. And then aside from that, LeBron can thrive at the five. You know what I mean? So if you put LeBron out there at the five and you put him out there with guys that can slash and play defense and hit open shots, well, now you kind of have something. You know what I mean? So I think Vogel is still figuring out very long answer for everybody out there in La La Land. You know, you can't really talk about the Lakers and only spend 30 seconds on them. I no, think they can figure <laughs> it out. I think they can figure it out. Okay, hope for Laker fans out there will stick. You're right. It's a long season. We're just at the midway point. There is time for a run. But at the top of the West. They, 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 ain't, they ain't winning the conference, though. Like, let's, Oh, let's, oh let's, okay. Well, that goes into the next question yeah, I had. They ain't oh. the conference, though. The, the, yeah, the, the, they heard you. The Laker fans heard you. Warriors and Suns, they're at, the top of the, they're at the top of the conference. You got the Jazz right behind them. You talked about the Grizzlies in fourth. Can anyone challenge the Warriors and the Suns in the West? You're saying it's not going to be the Lakers. Is there anybody you can challenge those two teams that are at the top? Nah. <laughs> nah. I, love that your, I love that your answer was that simple. Why do you think nobody is on the level of those two teams? Again, if everybody's healthy. Yes. I mean, look, I, I, I haven't, I'll admit, I haven't looked at this in a, in a few days, you know, but the Warriors, so, so Phoenix, Phoenix, does so People kind of want to, um, you know, take credit away from Phoenix for the run that they had last season because because they were on the fortunate side of some unfortunate injuries, if that right. makes sense, right? Starting with Anthony Davidson in the first round, you know? Um, aside from that, though, okay, so Phoenix. I'm going to give Phoenix the respect of 
saying, hey, they won the conference. They came within a couple of games of winning the NBA finals. We should expect and assume that they're going to be there when it matters, right? Aside from that, they're second seed in the Western Conference. They've been going back and forth with, uh, with, with the Warriors all season long for that top seed. So I give Phoenix that respect. As far as the Warriors are concerned, the Warriors defensively and offensively mm-hmm. were the only team in the league that ranked in the top five in the major offensive and defensive statistical categories, right? So you're talking about points scored per 100 possessions as well as points allowed per 100 possessions. And they're talking about points surrendered and points scored. You look at their field goal percentage. You look at any metric you want on either the offensive or defensive side of the ball, and you realize they're above average, if not the best in every category, basically, right? That was all before they brought Clay Thompson back. So what's going to happen now with Clay? I do think there's going to be a bit of an adjustment period because Jordan Poole now, he's going to have to figure out how he can get his rhythm in less minutes. Gary Payton III, he might not even be playing anymore. You know what I mean? And all across the rotation, Dexter, we've seen this with, with, with NBA teams all the time. You plug a player in or you take a player out, it has a domino effect on the entire rotation. Right. How the Warriors respond to that is going to make a, a big, big difference in the grand scheme of things. However, when you put a guy like Clay Thompson back into the rotation, specifically with what we saw from him in his first game back, it, it's just going to make them a better, more dominant, more powerful team. And you consider that they were arguably the best team in the league already before him? Woo-hoo! Man, I'm sorry if you if you uh you one of the people out there in California that's not not a Warriors Uh-oh. fan. It, it's, it, it, it's looking kind of ugly right now in the rest of the league. Yeah, it, it it is. I agree. I'm with you in that they're just so much scarier with with Clay. And we talked, you talked, hit the nail on the head. Top five and you know offense and defensive adjusted rating. You you can't you can't mess with them right now. They're just they're good me, on both sides of the ball. Let me just say real quick, Memphis. Yes. You know, Memphis has been incredible. These guys are winning on the road. Um, I don't really know if there's someone that has a chance to to walk away from this season and we scratching our heads like, yo, how did we not see this coming? Like, mm. if the Grizzlies made a run to the Western Conference Finals. It wouldn't shock me right now. It wouldn't shock me. I'm with you. I'm it with you. It wouldn't shock me. I'm, people might say we're too high. I'm kind of high on them. I know my man Gerard Hector who comes on here with me every Wednesday. He's very high on the Grizzly Cubs. They look good. And you saw what they did to the Lakers last night. They put the smack down on them. Jaws playing good. Triple J's playing good. Look, man, I, that wouldn't shock me. They've been doing without, Dylan, without Dylan Brooks, too. Without right? Dylan he, Brooks, too. Yeah. He's been so long, he just comes back, and then he unfortunately rolls his ankle, and now he's out, you know, weeks, weeks upon weeks. So, this man, Grizzlies, man, I'm worried. If I'm if I'm the Warriors and the Grizzlies are the number four seed, I'm just like, man, I don't know if I'm worried about beating them, but that's a team that I don't want to play. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm we can at least say that. That's a team you don't want to see in maybe, the playoffs. Maybe, maybe we might want to let the Suns get this first seed. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. And then Denver, I would give the Denver uh, the Denver. I would give Denver the respect of being mentioned as a contender, but 
Jamal Murray, you know, even if he comes back this season, I don't know if he's going to be as effective as, as Clay was his first game out. And well, then Michael Porter Jr., you know what I mean? Well, well I, I, want, I want you to hold on that right there because the Nuggets are going to go into what we're going to talk about here. Okay. You, you talked about the return of injured stars. All over the place, man. No, 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 it's good. It's good. That means we're connecting. We're vibing on the same level. It's all, all right, good. All right. You're talking about the return of potential injured stars for teams. The Nuggets could have one with Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr. has been out with the back. Uh, the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard, another mm-hmm. guy who could return and could impact them. Do you see if those guys can return? And if they look, I don't know, somewhat good, maybe even as reasonably good as what we saw from Clay last night, do you think for the Nuggets and the Clippers, if they can get their stars back, does that put them in a position where they could then contend in the West? Do you think those stars can have an impact if they're able to return this season? For sure. For sure. I mean, there, there's there's no question. From a, from a talent standpoint, you know, the Clippers, I mean, you can look at the Clippers from 1 to 10, and when these guys are fully healthy, you know, you say, wow, wow, this is, this is one of the most talented rotations in the entire league. You know, the Clippers, you know, there was a reason why when Ka- Kawhi Leonard went there, he said, hey, I want to play with Paul George. My, my major concern with those guys, and if I was going to go, you know, bet money now that it's legal in New York, we can finally bet on sports in New York. Yay. Um, I wouldn't bet on the Clippers because those those guys just happen to not be healthy, like very often. You know, it's kind of like Anthony Davis, where it's like, okay, well, you know, every season you're getting a nick and a bruise and you're out for two weeks, you're out for three weeks. Like, you know, how much confidence do I have in the fact that you're actually going to be able to be healthy and to right. sustain that three-month-long or two-month-long, however long it is, playoff run starting in April to go to June to, to try to win the championship. Now, that said, my other fear with the Clippers is that I think I think they might be cursed, Dexter. Like, it might be the the curse of Michael Olawa oh, Candy no. or something. Oh, no. Man, oh because, you took it back. You took it back with the curse. Listen, man, I don't know. It might be the, the curse of Poole Richardson or something. I don't know, brother. <laughs> Poole Richardson. Listen, Ooh, it, it they, back. they have so much talent on that team. For some reason, like I don't know, man. Like the, the Clippers, man, they just they just can't seem so to ever even even with Kawhi back. You're not you're not going to be a believer in the, in them. They, they they were in the conference finals last year. I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate. They were in the conference finals last the curse, year. The curse without of, Kawhi, of Danny Manning. I think Danny Manning <laughs> is just like nah nah, bro. Like, I'm not going to win no championship, man. What about what about the Nuggets? Do you think Murray could impact them? Uh, yeah, I mean, he can, he can, but with Porter, with Porter out for the season, he, he had become, it might, I don't know if they've officially declared him out for the season. So they have not. Okay. They said said indefinitely, indefinitely was how he's listed. Yeah. Officially, I don't think they've declared him out for the season, but from what I've heard, they're not expecting him back and back surgery such a serious thing for a young guy that they invested so much money in. I don't know that they're going to be thinking that they want to rush him back from yet another bad procedure. So I am not expecting him to be back this season. And without him, even if Jamal Murray comes back, even with Jokic, who arguably is playing the best basketball of his career. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. it, it's just incredible. But even with those two guys, you know, it wasn't. I don't. I just don't think it's going to be enough to get them past Phoenix. I don't think it's going to be enough to get them past the Warriors. I don't even know if it would be enough to get them past 
those Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, here you go. Revving you know up the Memphis hype train. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I, I, see, I see you there. Look, trade deadline is coming up. We are, I believe, uh, 30 days away today as we are recording this live from the trade deadline. Do you think this will be an active one? Talk to our guy, Michael Scott, a good friend of ours. He said he thinks this will be a very active trade deadline. Do you think this will be very active? Will Ben Simmons get traded finally? Who else do you think could be on the move? What are you expecting for this NBA trade deadline coming up in 30 days? Honestly, man, I, I have no idea. I have <laughs> no idea. You, usually I can get some intel. You know, usually, you know, you hear things, whether it be, you know, from, from some agent friends you have or just being in, in, in the NBA building. But, you know, it, okay, put it this way. If I'm going to judge it based on what I've heard and compare it to years past, then I would predict that it's going to be slower. And the reason why, like I said, is just because you're just not really hearing that much about anything. And I think really what it is, Dexter, is a lot of general managers and a lot of front offices are risk averse, where they rather not do anything than to do something and it blow up and it end up being proven to have been a bad move, right? And the reason why you have to look at potential moves made this season through that lens is because teams are already so shorthanded as it is. Teams, teams are, there have been things, I think, what was it? Was it 500 games played by play? There's been more than 100 call-ups this season which right now in January is already a record. So I think a lot of teams are already struggling to fill their rotations and they're already having to go out there and sign guys to 10 days and go overseas and bring guys back. I don't think if you're the the Philadelphia 76ers, a team that has a legit chance at challenging for the Eastern Conference crown, I don't know that you want to trade Tyrese Maxey, for example, a guy who's given you Mm -hmm. good minutes, who's been a rotation piece, bring in another guy and that guy end up getting COVID or that guy end up having to go into the protocols and missing some critical games. And it's not really fair to look at things through that lens, but gifted general managers and front office personnel, whether you as a fan or me as a fan realize it or want to admit it or not, they are judged based on their ability to tell the future we expect them to be able to look into a crystal ball and correctly predict what this player is going to be in two years or what this player is going to be in three years or who's going to be good or who's not going to be good or, or what have you. It's not really a fair standard to hold them to, but that is the standard. And I think that there is a fair amount of reluctance across all teams to make moves because of the uncertainty that, that that's around the corner. And I think we feel that more this season, rightfully so, than we ever have before. So. That's why I think things are relatively quiet. If I'm the Sixers, I've actually I've I'm on record as, as saying this. I've written about this. I, mm-hmm. I think they need to trade Ben Simmons sooner rather than later. I agree. And and the reason why I think that Dexter is because, you know, the team, I want to say among our generation that will go down as as you know this this what if is the 2012 Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm. You know, um, that team I, I think it's 2012 or 2011. Uh, whenever they made it to the finals against um, LeBron and the Heat. So we were just sure that they were going to be back. Confident. Everybody's confident they'd be back. We, right. we knew they were going to be back. I actually covered that finals. And I remember 
after the clinching game, I guess it was game five in in Miami, um, Dwayne Wade and, and and LeBron, they were, they were, you know, coming off the podium or whatever. And Dwayne Wade, I actually have a picture of this on my phone. I'll text it to you if I, if I remember afterward, but Wade pulled Kevin Durant aside and they had a, a private moment and it was only me and a few other eavesdroppers that happened to be there that, that saw that. But Wade looked, looked at, at, at Durant. He said, yo man, keep your head up. Y'all going to be back. I promise you this league is going to be y'all league. Just, just keep, you know, just trying to encourage him. You know what I mean? But the point is at that moment, we just knew that the Thunder were, were, were on the precipice of greatness. You know what I mean? It never got back. It never got back. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you look at Joel Embiid and you look at the incredible basketball that he's playing, the way that he's taking that franchise and put it on his shoulders and he's carrying them, you know? There's no guarantee that Embiid is going to be able to do that next year or the year after or three years from now. So you can't assume that you're going to have this opportunity again. Look at Milwaukee winning the chip last year. Yep. Right? If 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 uh, James Harden and if Kyrie Irving don't get hurt, maybe they don't have that opportunity. Twenty maybe. years from now, no no one is going to care, and no one is right. going to be thinking about right. it. But it is a fact, right? You have to be there. You have to be ready to strike when your opportunity presents itself. And I think that the Sixers are not giving Joel Embiid all that he can be equipped with this season to try to make a run and win this thing. And I think that's a disservice to him. So I, I agree completely, which is why I'm with you that they have to trade Ben Simmons sooner, as you said, rather than later. Two things for you before we get out of here. All right. One, this, this, this is the pressure question. You know, you have to know this one is coming. All right, Mo, we talked about all this stuff. And I'm sure I'll have you back later in the year in the playoffs or something. We'll see if the answer changes. I mean, I'm nervous now, man. I'm getting a little warm. No, you should be a little nervous. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not even even pressing you about the Knicks yet. But who is going to win the 2022 NBA championship? Who is the team you see right now that's going to take it all, be holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy come June? Oh, man, I think it's going to be the Knicks, man. You can't count. stop it. Stop it, man. Even I don't believe that. Come on now. Come no, um, I think. Uh, look, I can't. I can't come up. Come up here on your show. You know, doing our doing our little thing over here, like you know, with the professional show, we live and all that. And I've been, you know, two two for the for the Golden State Warriors. Now you want me to not say the Warriors after? Well, all that? well, I mean, I mean, you could you could say uh, the Grizzlies or something. You could you could do that and give come the on, fans enough some hope. Come on, man. I'm trying to be right, man. I'm not trying to make no headlines, man. <laughs> I feel you. All right, so who are you going with? No, I mean, I look, I got to go with the Warriors. At this point in time right now, yeah. I got to go with the Warriors. Would I be shocked if they – yeah, I mean, I guess I would be shocked if they don't end up winning, uh, especially if they, if, they have, if they have home court advantage or if they capture that, that number one seed. I, I will say this, Dexter, a lot of it is going to come down to what the matchups are in the playoffs. You know, sometimes there's just a team that has another team's number. Sometimes there's, there's a bad matchup that – you know, ends up working out favorably for the lower seat. So that's my one caveat that I would say, let me see the matchups. The other caveat would be, let me see, you know, these guys played five consecutive, played into the finals five consecutive times, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they broke down that fifth year. So if I can see them approach the offseason all being relatively healthy, I'm talking about Steph, 
talking about Draymond, I'm talking about Clay Thompson, and I'm talking about you know Andrew Wiggins and some of the other really important rotation players there. If they get to the postseason healthy, hard hard for me to believe that they're going to be stopped based on what I've seen thus far. If there is one team that could surprise us and end up coming out of the Western Conference, surprise us being the keyword. Phoenix, I don't think would be a surprise. Right? Uh, don't say it. Don't say it. You gonna say the Utah Jazz? Nah. Oh, okay. See, I, I don't know if you. I was like, I don't know if Mo believes in them. I do not believe in them. But go ahead. Okay, one team that could surprise us. Okay, go ahead. I don't really either. I don't really yes. either. Told as far as the Jazz is concerned, I don't either. Yes. Surprise team. Mm-hmm. Go to Memphis Grizzlies, man. All right, there you go. See, go, see, go see, you had, see, man, you had to keep the hype going for the Grizzlies. I'm telling you. Gerard Hector, if he's not watching this, he's somewhere smiling about this. He's loving the love for the Memphis Grizzlies. Did love you it. see what? Did you see John Morant hit his head on the backboard? I, I, I did, man. I did. In fact, I had a friend of mine who's a Laker fan who was watching the game last night. Text me this morning and was like, "Did you see that? Did you see this block?" Yeah, is that, that look, man? Look, listen, man. They ball. They balling right now. I, I got. I got to give props where props is due. They balling. Funny, funny thing about that. Yes. For for those of us that are not, you know, descendants of the Caribbean, Ja. Yes. <laughs> Such an appropriate name for this young man. It's yes, so it is. Um, <laughs> he's absolutely incredible. If you listen, if you if you hitting your head on the backboard blocking people's shots with two hands, I am not gonna doubt your ability to lead your team to a four-game, well, I was gonna say four-game, you know, winning four games out of seven. Like I'm out not seven. gonna doubt right. you to do that. Right. Right, you we already that. we we already saw him send Steph Curry and the Warriors home. Granted, they didn't have Clay, but right. we saw him do that during the play-in, right? So, Ja, I'm I'm all in on on, on this kid, and the supporting cast here has been incredible as well. They're getting such great contributions again. Mm-hmm. They've had people cycle in and out of the lineup, but they play defense. They they play tough basketball. They have a true superstar there. So, hey man, be, be, watch out for them Grizzlies, man. Yeah, fear, I, I, fear the beer. Can I start that? Fear the fear beer. The bear. Fear the bear. There we go. Okay. There, there we go. Okay. Last question for you. I promise. This is the last question. Then, then you can go. I gotta get I gotta get to doing some NBA picks. You've been ta- needling me this whole show. You've been talking about the Knicks, this, me? Knicks, that. Yeah, you try to act like I would think the Knicks could win the championship, all this other stuff. The Knicks, they have been disappointing. I'm in agreement with you. They've been disappointing. I think other Knicks fans know they've been disappointing. They know we they know this. Can they turn it around? They're in the midst of a very important stretch right now. They started last week. Eight out of, they have eight out of ten games are at home, and a lot below teams with below 500 records. Do you think the Knicks can turn it around? And what does that look like, Mr. Mo Hamilton? So do, they, do I think they can turn it around? Yes, I do. You know, I think that for, for the first time in such a long time, you know, there's so many positive things about, about the Knicks organization. They have have a great coach. They have young talent. They have assets, you know? And I mean, like, you look at at Emmanuel quickly and you look at Obi Toppin, you look at Alec Burks. Um, You know, I will say that they have been without Derrick Rose for for quite some time now. Maybe that has contributed a bit to to their relative lack of success. But can they turn it around? Yes, they can. I, I think the biggest thing for them, and I don't really know why this happens or how to solve it, Dexter, is... They just approach so many games with a lack of urgency and a lack of energy, you know, and, and that I don't understand because in the NBA, if you play hard, that's going to win you 10 more games every year. 
You know, if you're a 30 win team, but you just play hard and playing hard are things that you see in those tiny moments in games, you know, when there's a turnover and the other team has what appears to be uh, an easy two points. I just need one or two guys to sprint back to try just to, because, you know, when you're on a breakaway, if you look back and nobody's coming, you got nothing to think about. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's cookies, right? Like you just, you're chilling. You're good. You know, you're about to score. When you look and you see some, somebody just making the effort, it gives you something to think about. Same thing on a, on a three point shot. You know, if nobody is there, you're just looking at the rim, but if out of the corner of your eye, you see Obi Toppin sprinting toward you. It just gives you something to think about that can cause a guy like Clay Thompson, even to miss three more out of every 20 shots that he, or maybe clay, you know, three more out of every 15, you know what I mean? But the point is like, it's just those little plays that I've seen that have been missing from the Knicks far too often this season. And I think it's made a difference aside from that, you know, you kind of touched a little earlier. I like many others have been somewhat critical of Julius Randle this season. I think Julius Randle has done a very poor job of handling the adversity. I don't think he's looked like or sounded like a leader. And, you know, I kind of, I don't want to say I compared him to Derek Jeter and Patrick Ewing um, when I promoted that story that I wrote about him a few weeks ago. But we in New York know what leaders look like. We know what leadership is about. And we expected and wanted Julius Randle to, to, to become that, you know, he was signed in New York initially and signed to the extension because Scott Perry and the front office looked in their crystal ball and they said, Hey, look, this kid can be good. And they were right. He could be good. But aside from being good, what else do you need to succeed in the NBA and to sustain that success? You need leadership. You need do, someone. Do, do you think, and I, I brought this up because somebody in the comments said this, uh, Greg, Gregory Alcala said, Randall already secured the bag. Effort is inconsistent now. Do you think there's something to that, that now we got the extension, we haven't seen the same leadership last week, giving the thumbs down to the fan, which was fans, which was absolutely stupid. But do you think that he's maybe complacent a little bit now that he got the bag and we're not seeing that effort? Because I thought the piece you wrote in it, I thought you had great points on it in that he hasn't shown this leadership and this is what you got to do to take this team to the next level. It's such a damning charge to make against a player, you know? Um, yeah. I can understand if somebody wants to think that, but I can't come up here and, and, and charge Julius Randle with that crime. I can't say that he got paid, so now he's just like, whatever. You know, I'm not I'm right. not going to go there with him. What I will say is I think that he's still relatively immature. I think he's he's overly emotional at times. And I think he he's just struggling a bit with learning how to carry this weight on his shoulders. Last season was the first time he even appeared in the playoffs. Coming into this season was really the first time that he came into a season with people expecting something from him. You know what I mean? One all-star appearance, reigning most improved player. And then Knicks fans are looking at it and they're like, oh, we got Kemba. We got Evan Fournier. This is supposed to be lit. We're supposed to win 50 games. Like they came into the season with those expectations. And I think that he's just done a poor job uh, of managing those and responding to the adversity. Um, I'm not going to put it on his contract. 
just because, like I said, it's it's a very damning charge to make against a player. I have no evidence of that, so I'm not going to go there personally. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot of it's going to have to start with him. They got a stretch right now where they can't turn it around. We a hope lot of it's just able... effort, Dexter. A lot of it is just well. Effort, I, see, I I was glad you brought up that point because as a fan, I have not seen that same effort that we saw last year. You talked about contesting shots, running hard. I have not seen that same effort, and then sometimes you'll see it for a quarter. Then it disappears, and you're like, where did it go? It's, it has not been consistent, and they have to get back to the consistent effort. The talent is there. We, we know that they could be a good team. We know they could profile as a good defensive team. The defense has been better the last couple of weeks, but that effort has not been there, man. See, I need that effort to be there so the next time you come back on the show for your third appearance, you can't be needling me about the Knicks and thinking that I'm thinking they're going to win the championship. Honestly. We can't have that, bro. can't have that. Listen, man, I, I, I'm born and raised in New York. I grew up a Knicks fan. I'm Jamaican, Patrick Ewing, all that. You know what I Understood. mean? Understood. So, Understood. So I I, I want to see these guys succeed. Um, but you know, gotta call it like gotta call it like it is, man. Gotta call it like I see it. Well, you know, that's why I love you, my brother. Uh you call it as it is. You do fantastic work uh for basketball news and basketballnews.com. You know, you gotta make sure you talk to Brian Fonseca, tell him to clean clean up the potty mouth a little oh, bit. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna get on him about that. Oh, we gotta we gotta we gotta make sure we gotta make sure we, we do that. Um, I will have you back on the show soon. We will absolutely have you back on soon again to talk. So I, I got to get it so you're the third, you're the leading returning visitor guest on the NBA Exchange. We got to make I that get happen. a championship belt? Can I get a belt? We, yo, we can we can make that happen. Are you going to wear the belt? That's I'll the wear it. If you you're going to wear it, man, give me a belt, man. I'm going to wear it, man. All right. I, I, I respect that. Yeah, Brian Fonseca would appreciate you wearing the championship belt. He would absolutely appreciate that. All right. So we got to get the belt going. We got to get that for people to do. That is Mo Hamilton. As I said, please check out his work at Basketball News. Dot com. Mo, thanks for joining me, brother. I will see you soon, okay? My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Once again, that is Mo. We will come back. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, give you my NBA picks for tonight. All that coming back up on the NBA Exchange. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep. That's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. Download the Prize Picks app today. All right, guys, welcome back to NBA Exchange. So thankful to my guest, Mo Hamilton. Always a good time talking with him about NBA basketball. Um, great conversation. If you got late to that, you want to hear more of it, the podcast version of this episode will be out soon. You could also watch a replay of this on YouTube or Facebook, however it is that you follow the show. Keep following that NBA Exchange. Also, be sure to support Prize Picks. Use that promo code, NBAEX. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. We appreciate that support all the time. I'm going to get through these NBA picks really quickly today. I got three games that I like. I always like to give you guys three games that I think is really good to go. The first one up tonight, Milwaukee Bucks. This is the second game of a home-and-home series. We've seen a bunch of those in the NBA over the past week. The Bucks against the Hornets. 
They are two-point favorites going down to the Queen City where they will play the Charlotte Hornets. Now, the Bucks they've struggled a little bit of late. They had the loss to the Hornets they, uh, the other night. They also lost to Detroit last week, which is a terrible loss. They are dealing with a lot of players in health and safety protocols. Drew Holiday uh, in health and safety protocols. Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen. So that concerns you with the Bucks because those are some of their big shooters. Those are guys that can hit some of those open shots for them. Giannis has been good. The other night drops 43 against those Charlotte Hornets. And here's what I think. I think the Bucs are going to have the ability to bounce back. They know they need to get this game. They've been playing well. You heard Moke talk about that right now. They're sitting in third place, only two and a half games out of first. They can easily get back there. I think the Bucs still have a lot to prove this season. I like the Bucs here on the road against the Hornets. Still a young team. Trying to figure some things out, but I think you get a big game from Giannis. I think you also get a big game from Chris Middleton, who needs to step up here, and they get a big win on the road. Give me the Bucks on the road, two-point favorites. I like them to cover here, and I think they will get the job done. Second game of the night, you're a He was needling me about those New York Knicks. They are hosting the San Antonio Spurs, and they are four-point, excuse me, six-point favorites, according to Bet MGM. Now, both teams are 10th in each of their conferences. The Spurs, they have not been good on the road. They are in the midst of a seven-game road trip where they are one and five. I think they dropped to one and six. I don't think they're able to get the job done. The Knicks beat the Spurs already early as the season in San Antonio. Knicks have been up and down. Thrilling win last Thursday night against the Boston Celtics. I talked about myself not getting a little bit too excited about them there. Then I did. They got out to a nice lead against the Celtics on Saturday night, and then the wheels fell off and they couldn't score only scoring 75 points it was one of their lowest outputs in about three years but I think the Knicks understand what this stretch is they've been starting to play defense a little bit better Julius Randle has to show up he did not show up again the other night but I think the Knicks can get this game here's my issue with betting this game for the Knicks if you're looking at the spread with six points could they beat the Spurs by six points yeah they can but the effort's been inconsistent I don't like that at all. So if you're looking at something here, I would say take the money line. The money line right now, I looked at a couple of places. MGM is minus 250 for the money line. Is it great odds? No. But if you really feel confident the Knicks could win this game, maybe put a few more dollars down on the Knicks, on the money line to win outright. I do not trust this team right now with the spread because their effort has been so inconsistent. When you're that inconsistent, I might like you to win, but I can't trust you to cover those points. So it's a no for me. But I would take the Knicks straight up money line to win, like the Knicks over the Spurs at home. Last game of the night, Philadelphia 76ers. They're hot. They've won six games in a row. They're taking on the Houston Rockets. Rockets are terrible. Rockets just got carved up last night by Carl Anthony Towns and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns had 40 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. And now the Rockets have to see Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid could do the same or even worse. Joel Embiid has been rolling. He's been leading his team. Sixers have had some issues with players in protocol. Tyrese Maxey is there, but I still think they have enough to get it done. Now, the line here, minus 10 and a half, that's a lot of points. You're asking for the Sixers to smack the Rockets here, but they're the Rockets, and they got smacked last night by the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves aren't as good as the Sixers. It's also back-to-back for the Rockets. I see blowout all over this. Give me the Timberwolves. Minus 10 and a half points. I love them to cover. This is my lock pick of the night. Love them to cover here. Give me the Sixers to win. So, to recap, give me the Bucks to cover minus two against the Hornets. Also, give me the Knicks. I'm taking them straight up money line over the Spurs at home. And give me the Sixers. Love them to cover. 
the 10 and a half point spread against the Houston Rockets, who will be playing on a back-to-back. Great show today. Got a lot of great stuff going on this week. We'll have more to talk about. We are not sure what we're going to be doing Wednesday, whether we're going to be live or we're going to be having a recorded show. It's most likely probably going to be something pre-recorded uh, as I have something to take care of. But we will be back with the show live again on Friday. That's for sure. So please continue to follow the NBA Exchange. Continue to support us and all the content we do here. Backpack Broadcasting and the Props Network. You can check out in our show notes our Patreon link. That's one way to support. We appreciate that greatly. We also want to thank our patrons for their continued support. We appreciate that greatly. And also, our partners at Prize Picks. Be sure, as I said, check out Prize Picks. Use that code that we have, NBAEX. Real easy to use. Sports gambling legal here where I am in New York. You can start getting into it. You can start getting into all the daily fantasy stuff, everything you want to do. Do that with Prize Picks. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, for this edition of the NBA Exchange, I'm Dexter Henry. Once again, special thanks. To our guest, Mo Hamilton of Basketball News. We appreciate him for coming on, talking with us about everything all around the NBA. Also, check, go subscribe that NBA Exchange podcast on all digital streaming podcast platforms. You can check that out if you missed the show. Good way to recap on everything that you might have missed in our interview with our great guest, Mo Hamilton. So, until next time, y'all, keep watching that ball. Peace.